Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We start with uh, the county executive first elected my senior year of college and uh, running for re-election. County executive Mark Polencars. Mark, thanks for joining us this morning. It's good to be on, Joe, but now you make me feel old. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. Since that date, you or I have not left our jobs. So at least we have that in common. Yeah, job security is a good thing. Uh, that is that is true. It is. Now, Mark, running for a, another term, what makes you want to get back in there and uh, be county executive for four more years? Well, first off, good to be with you again, Joe. Uh, and uh, congratulations, or maybe it's premature and congratulations, but I hear uh, there's going to be a new Beamer uh, that is going to be a part of our uh, community in the next month or so. So best of wishes to you and, and your wife. I appreciate that. Uh, Thank I, you. Uh you know, it, it last term was not the term that I think anyone or I thought it was going to be. I got elected to my third term in uh, November of 2019. We had a lot of plans on what we wanted to accomplish in this uh, important third term. And, of course, everything got turned around because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the world shut down. Uh, not just our community, the whole world shut down. Uh, we had to respond to the health crisis of our lives. Uh, that basically was a two-year process, even though there's still COVID-19 out there. Of course, we're in a different environment today. Uh, we get through that. We're entering uh, early 2022. We feel confident. This is great. We're going to be able to focus on uh, the issues that we wanted to now. And of course, we had the horrible mass shooting uh, last May, in which we had to basically stop everything we were doing and, and help uh, our community heal. Uh, the county took the direct lead with regards to the mental health services that were being provided to the greater community, as well as to ensure that uh, uh, a neighborhood and community that had been turned a food desert, but that people had uh, ability to access fresh food. So we worked with the food bank and many others to uh, provide food to the community. Then, of course, we're heading into the fall. Uh, we had the superstorm in November and, and the terrible blizzard in December. Uh, so in some ways, I look at it as this last term was was sort of a lost term. I, I wanted to accomplish a whole lot, and, and we really just couldn't do much because of having to respond to all these terrible events. So I feel like I still have a lot to give. We've got more uh, proposals that we've, some of them we announced in our state of the county and, and others that we've been working on to create a better, stronger community. And, and I feel I can still contribute. Uh, I feel that our, our our team has done a good job. And that's why I'm running for a fourth term to give our uh, our, our uh, team an ability to finish the work, to do the work that we finished or that we started, that we thought we'd be able to get through this term, but we're not. 
uh, and that includes everything from addressing health equity to continuing the work at the uh, former Bethlehem Steel site, the new Renaissance Commerce Park, uh, ensuring that this football stadium, now that the agreements have been done, does actually get built on time. Uh, I'm not so much worried about on budget because the bills are responsible for all cost overruns based on the terms that we negotiated. Uh, but I want to I want to finish this work. Uh, this last term was just one we didn't expect, and as a result, uh, anyway, there, there's more work to be done. And looking at that last term, you mentioned COVID. Obviously, the last year has been very trying. You had the uh, the shooting at Tops. You've had two blizzards um, or two big snow events. Looking at COVID and looking at the uh, December blizzard, uh, is there anything, you know, because obviously uh, your opponent's going to be attacking those two things. Is there anything you think you could have done differently when it comes to COVID or the blizzard in December? Well, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback. Uh, I mean, there's another station right down the hallway from where you are that does a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking after the football games on Sunday. Uh, you know, it, it, you have to go by the information that's presented to you, with, to you at the time. Uh, we, we now know things, especially associated with COVID, that if we had known early on, we would have done things differently. Remember the days in which we were washing our food? <laughs> we would get we'd get fruit, and they told us to wash it because they thought that COVID was transmitted by touch and we now know of course it's not transmitted by touch it's transmitted by air uh so i mean there's a lot of things that early on yes if you had known what was the the true facts of the situation you might have done differently but you have to remember especially when we're talking about covid that more than 3,000 erie county residents have died of covid including quite a, a a large number of them who who died in some of the prime years of their lives 30s 40s 50s who should be alive for another 30, 40 years, unfortunately are not because they died of COVID. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking, but if you look at what was done around the world, around the rest of the country, and what we did here, uh, if we had known things differently then, yeah, maybe we, we certainly would have taken different action. But you have to go by the information that's provided you at the time. And the blizzard, I mean, the, the blizzard, we, we've done blizzards before. This, this was the fourth blizzard that has occurred during my tenure in office. It's basically been four blizzards since I took office as county executive in 2012, official blizzards. I think there were three or four for like the 50, 60 years beforehand. So, I mean, we're dealing with dramatic changes in our climate. Climate change is real. Some people may want to question it, but all the scientists agree it's real. It's affecting our climate. Look at just what happened in Fort Lauderdale. They got two feet of rain in basically a 24-hour period. Uh, it's, it's something we're going to have to address going forward. The storm was even worse than I think was originally thought it might be. Every, we know we can handle blizzards here, but that was a, they don't categorize blizzards, but that probably was a Category 5 blizzard. Uh, it was different. I mean, it, according to the Weather Service, the snowflakes got shredded by the wind because the wind was blowing so strongly. It was one that we'll never forget. Uh, we learn from it. Uh, we, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do some things a little differently in the future if we get a similar type of storm recommendation from the weather service or uh, the weather gurus, but uh, they also have to have the the community understand that, yeah, we, we know snow, we can handle snow in this community, but when you have a storm as ferocious as that predicted, the best thing you can do is just stay home, uh, not go out in, in public where you put yourself at risk and then the first responders who have to try to come and save you. So you always learn something, you learn from your mistakes. And going forward, uh, hopefully you're, you're a better leader and you have a better government as a result of it. 
Uh, believe me, I mean, uh, uh, from the chair I'm sitting in now, I spent most of the blizzard in, and I couldn't see the building across the parking lot. So that was one of the uh, one of the most intense blizzards uh, I can remember. Mark, I want to go back to COVID just for two quick questions, and then we'll we'll uh, I'll drop COVID. I promise. Um, but. You know, obviously, a lot of businesses in Erie County closed during COVID. I mean, that happened all around the nation. And there were fines given out during COVID. Uh, is there anything the county's doing to either forgive those fines or to help some of those businesses that might want to start back up again? Well, the, the interesting thing is we've seen a lot of new business created in the last couple of years. Uh, we've certainly invested in our, in our small businesses. We have a storefront revitalization program in which the county uh, last year announced we're putting $10 million in. We've already had some of the storefronts revitalized. These are just plain old grants. They're not loans. They're they're grant so that they can uh, increase foot traffic by making their business establishment look better. And we did 10 million last year, and we're going to do another 5 million this year. We also put a lot of money into businesses during the Shop 716 program during COVID. I mean, the county's probably put in more than $25 million uh, since the pandemic began just on small business assistance. And I guarantee you there's not another single county around in Western New York or upstate New York that has invested money in our small businesses like we have. So we certainly are helping small businesses out. Uh, The program, uh, the new $5 million, uh, uh, once it gets approved by the legislature, it hasn't been approved, but I think it will be. But once it's approved, then we'll We'll open it up to hundreds of more small businesses to, to invest in back in our community, which then, of course, creates a stronger economy for all. And another thing that was focused during COVID uh, was the overtime. And I've, I've talked to Kevin Hardwick about this. He's probably going to get mad. He's going to say, Joe, I already answered that question. Uh, but those changes that were made, are those still the way overtime is handled at the county level now? Uh, well, we've changed it. Uh, there's a certain amount of time that you can qualify for, and then it stops. Uh, we have to follow the Fair Labor Standards Act of the federal government and the New York state labor laws, and uh, we've always done that. Uh, we've made some modifications to the salaries associated with the uh, the managerial confidential employees. All civil servants qualify for overtime. If they work 200 hours a week, they get paid for 200 hours a week. Uh, and and, and the, the overtime rules take in effect once you get over 40 hours. This applied primarily for managerial uh, positions. And it's ran the, the gamut. I mean, the, the, the highest amount that was made in one year was, uh, was, was from a sheriff's officer. So, I mean, I think people need to understand that there was a lot of critique about one individual, but it, it ran that way for all of the departments and offices in Erie County. And, and, and what we've done now is we're ensuring that we're meeting the, the standard of the Fair Labor Standards Act because we don't want to get sued by an employee saying I should have been paid X and they didn't. Uh, that would probably cost us more in the long run. Uh, but uh, everything has is, is been adjusted to address these in the future, and the controller's on board with it. The legislature's approved it. I'm not certain every other one of the elected officials was fine with it, but we, we set the policy for the county, and, and that is the policy now. And, and to the blizzard, you know, obviously during uh, snow events in Erie County, the focus is on the city, um, and, and it's plowing, you know, the, the plowing of the side streets in the city. Uh, obviously, something that you and the mayor had a disagreement uh, about during the blizzard. Will there be any changes to how the county, or, or I'm sorry, I should rephrase that. Will the county help the city in any way? And have you and the mayor had a discussion about this? Uh, well, the county has always assisted the city when requested. And when it, in the blizzard, we came in and, and basically with the city and New York State uh, opened up the city of Buffalo in 36 hours. 
Uh, I I think everybody knows about the issues that the, uh, happened back then. Uh, the mayor and I have talked about it. We've patched it up. Uh, but the county, and, and, and this is something that I think the public needs to understand, we don't have a responsibility for any road in the city of Buffalo. It's either the state or the city of Buffalo itself that are responsible for clearing the roads. We're re- responsible for the roads that the county has, which are all outside of the city of Buffalo. Notwithstanding, we assisted them in the November blizzard with cleanup. And we certainly assisted them in the uh, December blizzard, and we spent more than $5 million. $5 million county taxpayer dollars were spent just to help clean up the city of Buffalo in December alone. So I don't want people to think that we didn't help them. Uh, we're not initially responsible, but if we get asked to help, we will. Uh, thankfully, because of the work of so many, uh, we were able to get the uh, president to sign off on the major a disaster declaration, which will allow us to recapture three quarters of that amount. We still we don't get everything, but we get three quarters of that amount, uh, which will be helpful in the future because we can utilize that money for other purposes. Uh, but uh, I think people just need to understand is Erie County is a big county. It's the same geographic size as the state of Rhode Island. And we have 1,200 centerline mile, mile roads that the county owns is responsible for. That's actually more roads in the states of Delaware, Rhode Island, and Hawaii each have in total. <laughs> and, and, and I think people sometimes forget that is uh, notwithstanding the county doesn't have a road in the city of Buffalo, it still has 1,200 centerline mile roads, which means there's more than 2,400 lane miles. And that's a lot of roads to clear. And we work with our partners in the towns and the villages to clear county roads. Uh, and we'll assist the city of Buffalo when asked. Now, to the stadium, uh, obviously, I'm a you know, huge Bills fan, season ticket holder, so uh, that's where a lot of my focus goes. And, you know, for a majority of my life, Mark, I've heard that the Bills will be out of Buffalo uh, in your lifetime. I've heard that for a majority of my life. With this new agreement, what is the language to make sure that Buffalo is not like every professional sports team in the city of Oakland? Well, Oakland, yeah, they've certainly had their share of misery when it comes to sports teams uh, and and moving. Uh, I look at it this way. uh, With the lease that we just uh, finished up and I finalized the documents with the bills and the uh, the state, uh, is a 30-year lease with an exceptionally strong non-relocation agreement that requires them to stay here. And if they try to move, then we go to a court of law to enforce the non-relocation agreement. That uh, will take effect hopefully, if the stadium's built on time, and will go into effect for the 2026 season. It's a 30-year lease, which means the bills will be here through 2055. Now, I hope your lifetime is a lot longer than 2055, Joe. (laughs) You're still a young guy. Uh, I I hope you're living well past that. I can't guarantee what happens in the 2056 season, but the bills will be here through 2055. And that's a, that's a major accomplishment because since the last lease, uh, extension that I uh, was part of the negotiation on in 2012 and 13, three NFL teams have moved. Oakland, as you noted, has moved to the Las Vegas area and St. Louis and San Diego have moved to Los Angeles. All three of those markets are much larger than Buffalo. There was a little, pretty much a lot of people thought, like you were told, the bills are going to be gone eventually just because it's too small a market uh, as much as how excited the fans are and strong supporters are for the team, the, the the football organization could make a lot more money if they went elsewhere. So there's a lot of people who thought that it was going to move. And uh, I will note that uh, 
it's always up to others to make a determination on how successful you've been as an elected official. But two of the big successes that I believe have occurred during my administration were the lease extension that we finalized in 2013 and, and now this uh, agreement for a new stadium. Uh, because most people thought that during my tenure in office, the bills would probably move, and they're not. And that's a win for everyone. Mark, I want to ask you about something that happened a few weeks ago. We had uh, legislators on. We had Kevin Hardwick on, the comptroller, um, about borrowing money uh, against uh, or using cash on hand. Um, And you posted on Twitter that Republicans were holding up uh, road work because they wanted to use cash instead of borrowed money. Can you explain to the listeners what the, um, the, the thought process is on using bonds instead of using cash on hand? Well, generally use bonds for uh, large infrastructure projects like road work, like new buildings, uh, like uh, putting in a, I'll give you an example. Like we've got a big, big project for Borden Road in Chicawaga. It's going to be new sewers, new storm sewers, uh, new road. You, that, those are very expensive projects. I mean, just, just one mile of road to put a blacktop on just to clear off the top level and then put in a new a layer of blacktop is about a half million dollars. And if you had to do what was when you remind everybody, we do about 10% of our roads annually. So if we have a, a, a 1,200 uh, lane miles of roads and we're doing 10% of those, we're doing 120 miles of roads annually. That's a lot of money you got to put up front. So you borrow it. And, and truthfully, even though interest rates are a little higher now, they're still low compared to the, the historical average. So we prefer to borrow it so that we can pay it off over a five or 10 year period rather than just use all cash up front. Uh, and so there, we, we had a debate. We had a we had a disagreement. Uh, and truthfully, the the acts of the legislature slowed down the beginning of our, our legislature, our, I should say, our road construction season. But now it's been a, we've agreed we, we've come to a, a solution to it. Uh, it was passed by the members of the legislature, the Republicans joined the Democrats who initially voted for it, and then the Republicans joined them, and we now have uh, uh, the program moving forward, which is not only for roads, it's for uh, uh, all kinds of uh, infrastructure needs. I think most people realize when you're buying a house, you take out a mortgage. You just don't pay for it in cash unless you're independently wealthy because it's a very big expenditure, and you pay it off over 15 to 30 years. Uh, that's the kind of thing that we do when we do these very big infrastructure projects, whether it's building a new building or putting in new sewers and roads, we've got to borrow money for that. Because if not, we'd have to, if we do pay for it out of cash uh, and we do this on an annual basis, there's only one way to pay for it in the long run, and that's to increase taxes. So I've tried to reduce our debt. We've reduced it by $150 million since I've taken office. We were over $400 million in debt. Now we're about $280 million in debt. Uh, And uh, I'd much rather see us reduce our debt uh, than just uh, add a little bit of debt on annually than pay for it continually out of operating dollars because there's only one way to pay for it operating dollars then is just to bring in more money. And the only way to bring in more money is to raise taxes. And that's not something that I'm willing to do. So we came to a conclusion on that, and thankfully, we're going to be moving forward with our road season. Does that include New Road in Amherst? That's near where uh, near near me. It's a road I go to. I go on a lot. I know there have been some uh, discussions about having uh, work done on that. I believe it was discussed uh, during the last election. Is that something that will get done with this money now that there's an agreement? 
Uh, New road has to has some more work that has to be done. I agree with that. It's actually a, a, a road that's near and dear to my budget director's ha- heart because he lives on New Road. <laughs> so uh, it's not going to be done with the initial money that's uh, this year. We're looking at uh, doing the major work of New, New Road uh, starting next year. Now, I, I've talked to what was both of your opponents, Mark. Obviously, uh, one dropped out since the interview. I don't think my interview had anything to do with it. I'm just saying. Um, and obviously, with them uh, focused on their social media, rightfully so. It's in the spotlight. And you and I have talked about your social media. And, and you know, the the divide, the political divide in, in this country, it's something that I just can't stand. Now, I try my best to bring it together. Looking at your Twitter and the times, you know, Republicans are to blame. Uh, and believe me, I, I said the same thing when President Trump had a Twitter, you know, uh, just way too divisive. Do, do you think there are times where you might want to press the undo button on tweets? Oh, let's put it this way. Uh, there are tweets I have never sent that if I had, I would want to have done the undo button. Uh, but I try to try to maintain a a a calm I can be critical. There's nothing wrong with criticism. Criticism of policy is fine. We can disagree on policy, but you got to do it in a manner in which you're not attacking the person, and it does become like a holy war. And unfortunately, it has. I mean, if anybody has ever seen my, the responses to my Twitter, you'll realize, which I, I don't respond to my responses, but if you see the responses to my Twitter post, you'll realize that there's some really nasty people out there. For the record, most of those tweets I and Twitter uh, follow people I've I've muted, so I don't see them now. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's terrible." Well, I don't want to ruin my day seeing the horrible things that these people post, so I just mute them. They're wasting their time responding to me with a tweet that I'm never going to see. Uh, maybe they think they're going to influence someone else. They're not. I mean, Twitter's dying. It's as simple as that. Elon Musk has basically killed Twitter. Uh, if you got a blue check mark next to your name now. And you're paying for Elon Musk to, to have a blue check mark. I mean, you're you're, you're part of what's wrong with society today. Uh, it's as simple oh, as that. I don't know about that. I have a blue check mark. Yeah, I do. You paid. You're paying for the money. I, I get a lot. I get a lot of notoriety off of Twitter. I like to think that my Twitter is a little uh, not as not as divisive. Yeah. I you know I, I tweet on, about Joe, sports. You're paying. You're you're paying a multi, one of the richest men in the world eight bucks a month. But it's something so that has gotten check mark. It has gotten it is something that has gotten me noticed. And in this business, Mark, as I've as I've noted, I'm still trying to climb the ladder here in in Western New York media. I think for me at this time, it is it, it does help my career more than hurt it. But we'll see. We'll see. If, if you're I, right, I will I will definitely admit that I was wrong. I, I think at this point right now, I mean, people are actually demanding that uh, Elon Musk take the blue Twitter that he gave to them for free uh, because they, they want to be associated with it, him and his pathological <laughs> attacks of, of others. Uh, I just look at it this way. Uh, there are many different ways to reach people. The vast majority of the people and voters in Erie County are not on Twitter. Uh, there's a very small percentage of people who are actually on Twitter. I mean, I have one of the largest Twitter followings among any elected official in Western New York. I got over 60,000 followers. There's there's almost a million people that live in Erie County. Uh, I guarantee you that there's more people who get their news from radio and, and TV and the newspaper than they do from Twitter. I just look at Twitter as, as being as being the, the, the a place to get information out immediately 
but it's not the best way to reach the, the greater group, uh, group of people in our community. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but um, speaking of Twitter, because, Mark, you and I have had our disagreements, but one thing I am very complimentary of you about is the way you campaign. And I think your social media use has actually helped your campaigns, uh, especially in 2019. Uh, I, I, I think if you look at it, Twitter's helped you get elected um, you know, uh, with, with getting the message out there. That's, that's my view of Twitter. I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's dying. Well, I think you're right that it is a good method to get information out. But if you're trying to reach the vast majority of the people, they're not, they're not following Twitter. There's more people on Facebook, of course. Uh, and there's, there's lots more people on Instagram. The young kids today use TikTok. They don't even follow Twitter. I don't have a TikTok account. Uh, I, I I have to. There was very few things I agree with President Trump on. I think you and I know that, but I agreed I, I with him with regards to China and and TikTok. I think it's actually they're using it for nefarious purposes. Uh, so I don't have a TikTok account. Uh, but I think it, what people need to understand is most people get their news from the the local stuff that they've always relied on, and. Uh, I think it's important that we continue to have a debate on the issues. We can degree or disagree about policies, but we can do it in a manner where it's like you and I. We come on and we discuss it, but we don't yell at each other. We don't say nasty things to each other. Uh, we don't post horrible things uh, about each other and stuff like that. That's the way to do it in our country. You can disagree, but you don't have to be nasty while you do it. And uh, I'm hopeful we can put that genie back in the bottle, but I'm not so certain after everything that's happened in the last few years. Mark, two more questions for you. Number one, obviously, New York State going all electric. Um, and even the Erie County legislator ha, legislator has said, hey, let's pull back on that. Um, as Erie County views it, will county vehicles start going electric? Or, or what's the plan there when it comes to the state policy? Well, we've already purchased many electric vehicles with the county, but there's limitations. You, there, there's no such thing as an electric snowplow that works. <laughs> so for now, we're still purchasing vehicles that are diesel-based. Uh, I think we all have to agree we do need to reduce our, our carbon footprint. Uh, the county has done a great job. We've actually met the standards of the Paris Climate Accords as it pertains to the county government, and we continue to get better. Uh, we need to do a better job as a community. Uh, I just came back from a, a vacation in Ireland, and it was amazing to see the amount of uh, uh, use of uh, solar panels and wind. Uh, uh, there were solar panels everywhere. It seemed like almost every other house had a solar panel on, especially in Dublin, and, and wind uh, energy through windmills. So, I mean, we need to do a better job. All we have to do is look at the impact on our climate and realize that if we don't address it, uh, it's only going to get worse. It, it, these storms are are becoming the normal. They're, they used to be completely abnormal. Like, oh, we got seven feet of snow. That's never going to happen again for 50 years. We had two seven feet of snowstorms that happened in less than 10 years. We had this worst blizzard that I'm old enough to remember the blizzard of 77. And while the blizzard of 77 was longer in time duration, this was much more ferocious. This November, I mean, excuse me, December storm. And and and, and we're seeing these more often. So we have to do a better job of reducing our carbon footprint and saving our planet. It's as simple as that. Uh, when baby, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, or if you know yet, but baby boy or girl Beamer is in their 40s and 50s, I'm hoping that they still have a, a planet to enjoy uh, because the predictions are not good for our planet if we can't reduce our carbon footprint. One final question, Mark, and I know this was all about the campaign, but one question not about the campaign. Uh, 
obviously you're a Democrat, and there have been times, by the way, where I would have I, I will I will ask you to come on as an analyst and give your your thoughts on national if you're if you're down for it because I think uh, obviously you follow politics a lot closer than I do. Um, but looking at the Democratic Party in 2024, everyone's talking 2024. As a Democrat, as an elected official out of the Democratic Party, do you believe Joe Biden is the best chance for Democrats to retain the White House? Uh, I think so. I mean, you also have to think that the, it appears the Republican Party's candidate is going to be Donald Trump. I mean, uh, DeSantis seems to be tanking. Uh, there doesn't appear to be anyone else out there in the Republican field who can win the primaries and the caucuses like Donald Trump can. And, and I believe Joe Biden is a strong candidate to run against him. Yeah, he's older, but he's been a very consequential uh, president. The, the laws that he's passed are huge. Just a bipartisan infrastructure bill. Remember, during the Trump administration, the joke was it was infrastructure week every week, but they never got an infrastructure bill through. They got a bipartisan infrastructure bill through in the Biden administration uh, that was in, impactful. The Inflation Recovery Act is reducing inflation. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that are people are, are starting to see that they were passed maybe a year or two ago, but now they're starting to see the benefit of it. Uh, and, and I feel that uh, Joe's in a very good position. Uh, I'll say one thing. I've, I've met him a number of times through the years, and I've seen him a few times in the past year, including when he came here for the shooting on May 14th. I mean, he really cares. This man has gone through terrible individual trauma. I mean, he lost his wife and his, his small child in a car accident. And, of course, his, his son passed with the terrible, terrible cancer. Uh, he's gone through terrible trauma, and somehow he still finds a way to to say that things are going to get better. And he believes it. And and that's truthfully kind of a, a good person we need in the White House. We need someone who actually feels that the better the best days are still ahead of us. And 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 right now, I think Joe Biden is the strongest candidate uh, for the Democratic Party. He's not officially announced yet. Everyone thinks he is going to. If he doesn't, then we'll view it. We'll see. But uh, but I mean, if he announces he's going to run. I expect him to be the Democratic Party candidate running against Donald Trump, the Republican Party candidate in 2024. And uh, we'll see what the people say at that point. Well, uh, I'm going to cut the part out where you said Joe knows what he's doing to make that a show promo. Uh, County Executive Mark Polencars, I appreciate you joining us and uh, hope you'll join us again. I will. And as someone who's talked to Joe multiple times one on one, he definitely knows what he's doing. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 